0: Episode one of the Sheffield Steelers podcast, a new, a new thing. Alex, Jonathan, and myself will be doing every game. We're going to start it off right now with Head Coach Aaron Fox, and we're having a chat. And then we're going to let you go, and then we're going to talk behind your back uh, for the next that's hour great, and great. see what goes on. And uh, no problem. Day one. Explain how it's gone today, and uh, now you've got this group of players that you you've brought in. What your feelings are looking ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a full team here day one. Obviously, Aaron Brockler just came in. He was the last guy that came in about an hour ago. Um, so we'll have a full squad ready to go today. Obviously, this first day is a little bit long. A lot of meetings and, and the do's and the don'ts of, of the situation here. But Danny's right now doing the testing with him and looking forward to getting him on the ice here in a couple hours. Is that your first time tonight here? At, yeah, I won't be here at the arena so You'll head
0: over to Ice Sheffield?
1: Yeah, Ice Sheffield 345 today.
0: And the plan for the week, is it two-a-days?
1: Are you a hard-ass coach or is it something fairly... I mean, today we'll get the kinks out a little bit. Tomorrow uh, we'll go twice. Um, Tomorrow morning at 10.30 and then we'll go on again at 6. Wednesday we'll have one and then Thursday we'll do two again and then one Friday tapered out for get ready for the big games on the weekend. What is training camp? Is it more about getting the engine going, getting the fitness up or do
0: you expect them to come in fit and it's more about you getting over your philosophies?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think most of the guys are are in pretty good shape, it looks like. It's hard to tell, you know, once they get out there and if they're in hockey shape or not. But, I mean, right now it's just kind of building the the bricks here of what kind of team we want to be, the foundation, getting guys to trust each other so that when we do put our systems in, you know, they know that the guy next to him is going to do his job so they can go out and do their job and and build from there.
2: You've had um, your first meeting with them upstairs and chatting to them. Did you get the sort of response you wanted from the players? I hope there weren't lots of eyes rolled when you uh, were reading out all the rules and things that you expected from them.
1: Well, upstairs was more Tony's bit. Um, we're doing our first meeting at 2.45 down here, so we'll go through kind of the structure that I'm looking for and the type of team I, I want us to be, and then we'll already get into the video and do a couple system stuff here because there's some stuff we'll work on today that's, that I think is important and is a core piece of the way we want to play, and we'll get on, on that going today as well. If on the night you were introduced at the hotel by Tony, I'd have put
0: a sheet of paper in front of you and offered you the team that you have today. Would you have taken that?
1: well yeah i mean obviously obviously i would because you know i'm not going to sign guys i don't like i think that's the most important part in all this is the guys we have coming back are all guys that that i wanted back you know not everyone was back that was under contract and the the ownership gave me the kind of green light to to do what i wanted with this team to make sure it was mine so everyone coming back is guys that i really liked and wanted back and then the new guys are obviously you know are, are my kind of guys and some I've known very well over the years and other guys I've done a lot of work on and expect them to be good pieces here. So, yeah, I like where we're at. Five days until the
2: first preseason game, just under three weeks until the first uh, Challenge Cup game. Is that enough time, do you think, to get the players to the level you need them to be at?
1: Well, I, I hope so. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a guarantee. This is a little bit short camp for what I'm used to. You know, we usually do four weeks in, in Europe. Um so this is two and a half weeks. You know, I'm not going to be focused on the results this weekend at all. I'm going to be more focused on the process to make sure that the guys are starting to figure out how we want to play and getting our D zone and getting our neutral zone and. Um, I don't even think I'll practice the power play or penalty kill this week. There's just going to be so much else to get used to. We'll probably just put a paperwork up and put some groups together and let them go out and play. Um, we'll focus on some of the other stuff. And then next week, we'll, we'll get into the PK and power play a little bit and go from there. Everybody
0: interested this time of the year, aren't we? We're all interested in who's playing with who and, and, and the lineup. In your own head, have you got like a ghost lineup? And, and could that change between now and, and Saturday?
1: Yeah, I, I probably, I'm not sure if we'll go with the lineup this weekend that we'll probably start with actually we we might try to go with more four equal units if you will and you know maybe try some of the young kids with some better players and just kind of see how it goes um i want to i want i want to give everyone an opportunity here to have success so i don't want to put guys in a situation early where they're looking at their lineup feeling like they worked their ass off this summer and weren't rewarded Mm -hmm. with an opportunity so we'll kind of see how it goes we'll probably go with four equal lines to start the weekend and and make changes from there
2: And can we expect to see one goalie play Saturday and the other play on the Sunday?
1: Uh, The plan right now, I think, is I'll probably split them both nights. I'll probably play them each 30 minutes Saturday and Sunday. Um, We've had a little bit of an issue with Cantor's gear. He's got uh, his skates aren't in in yet, so he's wearing some skates that aren't his today. Um, Hopefully we get that squared away this week. But other than that, uh, you know, goalies are excited, looking really good, actually. They're both in top shape and ready to go. You said the word excited. you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. This yeah. is, I mean, I think middle of February is when this deal got done from my side mm-hmm. in the club, and it's been a long, you know, five and a half, six months. A lot of work went into that, but, um, you know, I'm just ready to put the skates on and get after it here a little bit.
0: Okay, well, you can clear off now, and we're going to debate <laughs> your work for the next hour. Uh, are we going to stay here, or are we going into our new home? We're, uh, we have a new media room here at the arena, so Alex, uh, Jonathan, and I will, uh, will go in... Uh, and and discuss this new Sheffield Steelers team and and Jonathan you're the you're the geeky study guy here and uh another summer of uh, of change i think 15 new faces if we include young alex graham uh, as well how do we think 15 cuz we had the same last year as well didn't we
2: it's unknown isn't it last year we were getting excited because you always get excited for a new steelers season but this season because there are so many what appear to be names that have come from bigger leagues with better reputations than, than the Elite League, there's a real excitement that we're going to see some, a level of talent that this Steelers team has maybe hasn't had for a couple of years. So everything's building towards Saturday, but really it's all building towards <laughs> that first Challenge Cup game in three weeks' time. Interesting to say that not thinking about power play or penalty kill this week... Um, playing Poprad at the weekend, they've already had 3 preseason games, and their coach was saying they've not had time to practice their power play or penalty kill, and they've been in camp for a month yet, so they're going to be a little bit better prepared than Sheffield are at the weekend, but it's still that excitement.
0: First induction meeting for you, Alex, today, and uh, meeting all the new guys. There is an excitement. It is every year. You must be excited as well. Oh, definitely. I think... What Aaron touched on
3: there, just his excitement levels, and he's been in the business for a long, long time compared to me. Um, but I think the minute the guys get on the ice, I think that's where the excitement will just continue to build. We get to see you know, the names and the likes of Martin St-Pierre, obviously Valoran, who was the first new guy that we, we knew would be coming to Sheffield. Um, and I think they've, they've carried it on on their social media as well. Everybody's excited, Lemt is excited. Obviously, his first time in England, you know, it's, it's all building to that, that first game this Saturday. But then, like Jonathan said as well, not too long down the line, that first game against Nottingham, and, and who better
0: to start against? On the drive up here, I worked out it was my 36th pre season. And I'm a you get up in the morning and you want to see those new guys. Something Alex just touched on there, and Jonathan, you can put this right. And, so, and then we all agree as a trio here, we stick to this. Because once a player he scored something, he has to remain as that. Nikolai? Lemchugov. Lemchukov. 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 Okay. Are you making that up or are you? Is, is that something you're pretty... Your maths is good,
2: but as you're Russian. Um... As I understand it, and has other players tend to get their names pronounced around the world, I would think it would be Lemchigov, maybe just Lemmy.
0: Yeah, it's a bit hard when you're scoring goal scored by Lemmy. I don't think we're getting Motorhead playing for that one. We could uh, we could do that. Shall we start then um, the outs and the ins? Um, I don't think any of us are surprised, are we not by by the outs? I mean, there was always going to be a general clear out. I guess the two contentious ones were Jackson Whistle and Evan McGrath because they had contracts. The club didn't break those contracts; they they used clauses within
2: them. Right decision? Without knowing all the facts, I can understand the decision. I don't know whether it's a decision I would have made. Short term and long term are probably going to give you two different answers. Mm-hmm. We don't know how good Jackson Whistle is going to be in four or five years' time. We've seen the goalie that Ben Bounds developed into. He had a couple of seasons at Hull where I thought, yeah, he's a good prospect. Can he be a league winner? Well, he went to Cardiff and showed for a couple of years, yes, he can, he can be the best. Will Jackson get the chance to develop into that? Possibly, maybe. But for the Steelers, the future is now, and we need to win now. And if Aaron thinks that we can win now with two import netminders, then that's the decision that he's going to go with. And we have to back him on that one. How we look back on this in five years' time, well, how do we look back on the Ben Bounds deal five years from the five years from now?
0: I guess from a club point of view, you have to back your coach, don't you?
2: You do, yeah,
3: definitely. And I think Aaron touched on it again when he came in earlier on that players that were on two-year contracts weren't necessarily safe if there was a better option out there, and if the players that Aaron's brought in, he deems them to be better what we had previous surely it's it is the right decision but again it's it's all on on how it transpires this year.
0: As we touch on Whistle then, should we touch on goaltending first? And I guess the honest answer with the goaltending is none of us have a clue, do we really? We, we look at elite prospects, we look at a little bit of YouTube. Mind you, the best bit of YouTube we can find for Doobre is that incredible post-game Eddie in, uh, in Germany. So uh, let's hope he plays, he has a great night for us there. But the goaltending tandem, the duo, a 38-year-old goalie, I think, if you were signing him... As your number one to be your only goalie with a backup, you question it. But I think the combination of the the duo is is what I I like. I like the young. I like the old.
2: Yeah, I mean, it worked in in Belfast. You know, they were, you know, contenders and cup winners with a combination of Whistle and Murphy. Guilford made it work for them last year with the two important as They made a cup final. They've had another strong season. Just because it's not something the Steelers have done and maybe our fans aren't used to it, doesn't mean it's it's not going to work. I would be hesitant to put the net minding in the hands of a thirty-eight year old mm. without that quality backup. Mm. But with Cantor around, and maybe Cantor will will be the number one, you know, that's for them to fight out, it feels that we're not having the net minding position hanging by a thread. We were only ever last year one injury away from Jackson Whistle to Oh my word! What are we going to do? It's going to have to be be Brad Day, and it's all a disaster. With the quality backup that you've got from an import, rather than a young Brit, um, you know, as as well as Day did when he stepped in at times, there's a little bit of a safety net there, which I think can help everyone breathe a little bit more easily.
0: I think if we sort had of gone down though, we'd have just gone and brought an import in, wouldn't we? We'd have, we'd, have, we'd have probably done that. But it, Duba's got the resume. Sorry, go
2: on. Yeah. But that costs you an yeah. import elsewhere. It has knock-on effects. This doesn't. We're going to still be able to ice the same thirteen skating imports. Whichever netminding import gets the gig on game night.
0: Duba's got the resume, but I think Cantor's the guy that uh, a lot of the fans on your social media were were certainly edging towards. And um, actually, when you speak to Aaron, I think Aaron sees Cantor as as the guy.
3: Yeah, I think it looks that way. Um, but just touching back on Duba's age, me and you, David, laughed. And joked when we first saw him that we didn't quite believe he was 38. He doesn't look like you'd maybe expect a 38-year-old to look. So that may pay in his favour there. That he's coming in, he looks sharp. Obviously, they're undergoing the fitness testing now, and then later on on the ice. Um But yeah, again, it goes back to it's, it's Aaron's recruitment. If if he thinks these two guys are the best way to go for the club, then there's no arguments from me. Have you seen Dubiet?
2: I've not. No, I say I have seen as much video as I as I.
0: Can no, I mean, find. have you seen it like here today? No. Well, Jonathan, you and I are are not. Shall we politely say the best athletes in the world and the specimens? Bill he Clinton. looks. He looks twenty six, and he looks absolutely
2: ripped. Yeah, he's also going to bring in the the coaching elements to things and helping Cantor uh, along, and also helping uh, Will Curlin as well. So that experience that he can provide with a little bit of goaltending coaching. Passing on the the wealth of that experience, it's a a double whammy, really. You're getting a quality netminder and a bit of goalkeeping coaching too.
0: One of the nicest fellows in the world, and we'll all agree to this, is Mark Matheson, yeah? Mark Matheson, Mad Dog, top guy. And if Mad Dog's listening to this, I'm sorry what's coming. But two years ago, we had the complete opposite. Because when Mark first turned up, it looked like, one of the players had bought his dad, because Mark looked about twenty years older than he was. Where well, this this guy Duba looks about twenty years younger than he is, and he's uh, he's, in, he's incredible, Nick. So I'm 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 looking forward to them. And uh, interesting, what Aaron said about splitting the goaltending duties not Saturday, Sunday, but half and half each night.
3: Yeah, um, and I think it'll, it'll only tell the whole story, obviously, <laughs> when the season kick starts. But I think these two preseason games should especially from a fan point of view should just be taken almost with a pinch of salt like Jonathan Touch, that Poprad have been in camp now for a month and they're saying they've not got uh, enough time under their belts and, and we've only just got started today um, but we saw last year obviously Jackson's first two games like he stood on his head in them early pre-season games and you know, the, the early signs for that team were pretty, mm. were pretty decent, I thought, from what I saw anyway.
0: We went home on the Saturday night, didn't we, after the first game. Martinelli had ragdolled somebody. We'd only lost a game by a goal or two. You know, we'd won. The, I I three two we, we won 3-2. I think McGrath had, you know, got all his <laughs> goals out of his bag early. And, and we all went home pretty excited. But it wasn't to be. One person, if I was young Will Kernley might now, I'd be a pain in arse to them two
2: goalies because he's going to have a year of education, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's ideal. I mean, Brad Day, when he first signed for us, wasn't really thought of as a net-minding prospect. He was just someone that can open the door. And he really developed into a high-quality backup. I think the expectations for Curlin's development are even higher. So, to be able to learn from these two and as long as he gets the practice time and maybe there'll be an opportunity to to pop across to the Steel Dogs and get a bit of game time hopefully as well, then we could have a really solid British netminder on our hands in a couple of years' time. Already a GB under 20. He got a couple of games in there and there are hopes that, yeah, he can be... uh, he can be top netminder in uh, in a few years' time.
0: I tell you, if I was him, he's got to be a pain in the ass, hasn't he? He's got to go and grab Duber and say, hey, 15 minutes, 20 minutes after practice, you've got to, you've got to help me out
3: here. Yeah, and for me, that's a big difference from last season because when things got tough last year, you were looking around the room to see who would step up, who would have that experience and that leadership, and they probably wasn't the kind of leadership that we'd have hoped for. But then you go to this side, we've already spoken about resumes, And even just Duba himself alone, he's played in the top leagues in Europe. And for somebody like Will to be sat next to him in the locker room, to be, you know, tapping on his shoulder saying, you know, how can I do this better? How can I do that? He'll learn an awful lot. And maybe things that he never thought he'd come across before, even, you know, just little things like how to prepare for games as opposed to the game itself. But he'll benefit, no doubt.
0: Good news out of the arena today was that we've sold out for Saturday against Poprad. So 17th and 18th against Poprad. And then the week after, we come back home, take me home, Country Road, to a place I belong. And Dom Stokes joins us. You're our first guest. Because I don't think we can call Aaron a guest, can we? No, Aaron's going to be like a regular. So you're our first Now, Dom's come because Dom's got a bit of a special uh, a special one. Because when we play uh, Budapest, Josh Pitt, uh, coming back here, Um we're going to open the doors a little bit early, Dom. So I've just found out, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a. Well, you t- you tell us what's going to happen on the uh, Saturday, the twenty fourth, at about four o'clock.
4: Well, it's been a bit of a germ of an idea for us, and it's something that we've seen um, in mm-hmm. other um, sports entertainment uh, environments. But we're going to do a bit of a fan zone, a Steelers fan zone. Um, Red Concourse is going to open early at four o'clock. We're going to have players. We're going to have prizes. We're going to have games. We're going to have family activities. Um, you it's a limited amount of people can get onto that concourse as most of our fans will know Um, but it's exciting for us we've got fairground rides there's all sorts going off down there so um, hopefully it's something that I've been wanting to do for a little while there's a number of fans who keep asking me about it over the last two years since I've been here Um, and for this season we're going to open on that 24th and see how it goes.
0: It's a great way to kick off the, the the relationship again another year another 29th season here and uh, and it just gets stronger and better doesn't it
4: oh i think so we want to create that festival atmosphere and you can see today just walking in into you know the players coming in the coaches the management there's a buzz about the place and we've had that you know fantastic introduction today um you know from tony and and, and everyone just buzzing about being in the arena and you know, that's what we're excited about it, you know the the close season doesn't seem to um, be that long really But um, I think we're all excited about this upcoming season And the summer, more improvements Because we've been kicked out of our media
0: room Because you've given that to the team And that's become another part of the dressing room An old filing room has become a weight room We're here in the old physio room where we're going to live um, so, the investment that you and the club are making in this building being a home is, is continuing to grow
4: yeah so you know, it looks fantastic that yeah, you know yeah. that area there, and again you know i 've been away for a couple of weeks and walked in and seen what it looks like. I think you know talking to a couple of the players who have come back and just went, "Wow, this is amazing which is great because that 's what it's for. Yeah, we've taken advice and uh, on board the comments that you know, the guys um, made last year and obviously yourselves and, and, and whatever. We want this to feel and be the home of the Steelers. I've always said that over the last two years. Um, we've made some investments, as people will see, um, you know, on the walls and such like where we're trying to really emphasise that history and heritage of, of every one of our events. And you know, we know the Steelers are a massive part of that, if, if not the most important part of that. Um, And so, you know, we'll continue to invest. I'm sure there'll be other ideas that come up over the next season. But that's the point. We need to improve. The team needs to improve. We've got to constantly improve. and, and, And that's what we want to do. We don't rest on our laurels with this relationship.
0: The Wall's great. Have you seen the Wall? Uh, the Wall's good? Yeah, the Wall's great names, great, great, all part of the history and all part of the, the great memories that the fans will have of, of this place.
4: Yeah, and it's you know, it's great for me because obviously you know most people are aware I've only been involved um, for two years. This will be my third season, so I'm still learning, very much a, um, a novice in, in all of this. But I think it also starts that interesting debate because there'll always be debate about whose favourite player should be there and whose you know, biggest star and, and such like because we've got the stars of comedy and, and, and music going on there. But that's what we want. We want interaction because you know, we're not a new arena. Um, you know We're an arena with history, with heritage, with soul, with excitement. It, you, you can feel it in the walls um, and that's what we're trying to bring out. We're trying to interact with everyone um, and hopefully that new season um, allows us to show even more of that. And not many new media rooms
0: have two showers. I'm that's it there you, go, you see? there you go you see
4: there you go you know and and i'll remember that i um, you, you said that here now i will download this podcast and you know dave sims said i spoil him
0: yeah, exactly right clear off now and we'll speak behind your uh, back thank you for uh, thank you for joining us thank you uh, don was about to leave half an hour ago and we persuaded him to come back so the uh, see you later uh, just
2: before
0: just before we go back onto the team boys i love that uh, on the waltz The names. It makes the building feel part of us. Yeah, it makes it feel like
3: home, like the House of Steel should. Uh, It's one thing that we've been trying on our social media, particularly last season, was to give the club a bit more of a a club feel to it that everybody felt involved. Um, And then when you walk into the arena now, we've obviously turned entrance B into the Steelers Arena, the posters that we've got, the home of the Sheffield Steelers banner. And then the minute you walk in through the door the House of Steel star I think strikes everybody and all the players
2: have, have noted that this morning right the, the name Shuja's right in the middle isn't it Jonathan I'm pretty happy with all the names that are on there some of them are from a little bit before my time as a Steeler but all the ones that I would have wanted on there are on there and if the name you like isn't on there what a great opportunity to get engage the fans around mm. you in a little bit of debate and chat and reminisce about those good times and those players and yeah, if you made the star a bit bigger, we can all think of another half a dozen that could fit on there, but I think they've been chosen pretty well.
0: I'm glad you said that, Jonathan, because it was me who chose most of them, but they're guys who've made the historical moments, like Debian was with us for a cup of coffee, wasn't he? But the moment of Debian scoring that goal against Dan Green is one of the most important moments in our, in our history in this building, and... There's, there's players there that I really liked as people, The some I wasn't overly keen on as people, but they, they played such a pivotal role in, in why we're still sat here,
2: us three, doing this now. If you look at all of those names, you can find not just one story, but several stories to tell about them. And if you ask somebody to sit down and write the history of the Sheffield Steelers, you can't do it without the players on that star.
0: Anybody you'd have had on the star that wasn't on the star?
1: Hmm...
0: I mean, Mark Thomas is the one that's come up a lot of times, hasn't he? And, and Tomo was here for such a great length of period of time, and he's a great guy, and he, he's got Sheffield running through his bones, but there comes a time as a cut-off, wasn't there? And it's, it, it's an awkward one.
3: Well, I think all different players that, that sort of leave a legacy on the side do it for a different reason. You look at somebody like Rod Saric, who didn't score thousands of goals, and you know, put his name in headlights all the time. But when we needed Rod Saric, we'd call on Rod Saric and he'd be there, he'd get us out
2: of trouble.
0: Rod Saric lost a kidney in this building.
2: Well, You know, yeah. that,
0: he, he put yeah. the, when you say
2: put the body on the line. He came out of retirement twice. Yeah, We needed him. Right, I'll come back and play. Okay. Then I'm retiring. Rod, we need you <laughs> again. OK, I'll come out of retirement and play again. I think the one thing I would like a little more perhaps is from the Grand Slam 2000-2001 side... Mm-hmm. Could we squeeze in a Vial or an Allison, maybe?
0: Yeah, could have been. Could have been, yeah. Allison would have been
2: Allison's well, one of my long.
0: how come Allison's not on the wall. He's one of my all time favourite. How did I not type his name in, but he went to Nottingham. Oh that's why. You can't have a but then again Blaisdell's on there. And he well Blaisdell came the other way. He saw the light, didn't he? He saw the light. He saw the light. Let's talk defense. Um Aaron Fox retained Davy Phillips. Had to. Ben O'Connor, to, and AJ, who, who we'll go on to talk about in an assistant coaching role as well. He's brought three new ones in. Um, shall we start with Bata? Uh, he's the uh, He was the first of the, uh, the signings, and he's the one that's doing the NBA at the University of Sheffield. Um, so he's here for a, a couple of seasons. Interesting signing for me. He's a German passport-holding DEL player. And they are like rocking horse back in, in Germany you know, to try and get a guy like that. So for him to come over here, I know the school was important. I think that's a big capture and sometimes forgotten because it was so long
2: ago we announced him. You might sign players mm. like that, but you sign them at, at 34, 35. Mm. Got him at 28. We should be getting now two years of peak James Betower. And that's not something the elite leagues used to getting. A lot of our other signings, um, not just here, but other teams as well, you tend to pick up players who are maybe looking for the final couple of years of their career. We're going to get a couple of prime years out of Betour, who comes with a great resume and looks to be the business. Mm-hmm. I must admit,
0: when we sign him, I rang Tomo O in Shrinigan's GM up, who, who knows every player, and uh, he said, very good player, very good player, just a cannon of a shot. So I'm looking forward to seeing the cannon of a shot. Nice to have a player closer to your age than mine as well, Alex. Well, yeah,
3: <laughs> that's another thing. But I mean, I don't know if anybody's checked out his social media, but... He's also got his own business of backpack tennis, which I am fascinated mm. to see if he brings on an away trip with him. He's literally just a tennis net and rackets in a backpack and you just get it out wherever you want. And I've looked into it and it, we've we've laughed and joked about it in the office, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to get some shots of that if we, if we get a good away trip out of him.
2: We'll have to get him to set it up in the fan zone.
0: <laughs> that could be an idea, couldn't yeah. it? When I first spoke to him after Aaron had signed him and we were talking about the University of Sheffield bit, I think that was... He, he loves his business so much, he needs that marketing degree and business management degree, whatever the degrees are, uh, to do that. Okay, Batawa, we'll um, tick him off. And uh, how are you pronouncing the next guy, The wing
2: living, I think. Living. I think it's more of a V sound than a W sound. but I'll... That's, a, that's a resume as well, boys, that is, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's And also, the Steelers team in recent years, it needs a Swede in it. Mm. If we feel like we should have some Swedes. We've had some good ones, and it's nice to have one uh, one back on the roster. Favourite Swede? Favourite Swede in vesberg the- I really like Connie Stromberg. Oh, Connie's mine. Connie's I, I mine. know he wasn't here for very long, but just what a lovely chap he was. and just. <laughs> He's an old man, and he thought, no, I'm, I'm, and he's still playing. Yes, any
0: so any, of, his, any of his teammates strength, right now listening to this, when you said lovely man, will go, he was not a lovely man. He was, a comp- he was the craziest guy. He was, a he, had, he, he, was a, he was one of the strangest characters, but, but brilliant. Yeah. And Connie, Connie, uh, Connie would be mine. But when you play in the SHL, that level, he, he's such a high level. And he's bringing a pedigree to this team, into this blue line. And I can see him, we'll talk about special teams, I'm sure, before we close. But I can see him being one of the key guys on special teams this year.
2: The numbers that stood out for me was how little he's going to put us on special teams. He doesn't take many penalty minutes. You're looking down his, his list of penalty minutes. 10, 20, 14, 14, 12, 8, 14, 12, 16. That's across 40, 50 game seasons. There's a player who's going to be out on the ice... 20 to 25 minutes and he's not going to be spending four or five in the penalty box every night you can't win the league when you're short handed so having players who are going to stay out of the box that's another big tick in his favour
3: he's got a very workman like profile to me he's going to be the guy that's on the eye. you may not necessarily notice him all the time but he's going to do his job and like Jonathan said there if he's not taking daft penalties which I think we can all agree we got into bad trouble with last year was maybe when we were under the cosh, taking a penalty that wasn't needed and then he just passed the pressure back on you. But he's going to be the guy that I think Aaron will turn to you know, if, if he needs that leadership role as well.
0: Of all the guys who walked in here today, he was all about the business. Mm. From the moment he walked in, didn't he? He was just yeah. doing his thing. Very Swedish in that sense. Brocklehurst, I've only just met him because he's only just wandered through the door. He's just got off a plane and he's on a bike and Danny's got a heart monitor to him. Poor swine. Um... But I think Brocklehurst was the one that, like, Aaron had Brocklehurst under, under wraps and he was trying to sign him, I reckon, maybe three months before he finally got the deal through. He obviously likes what he sees there.
3: He definitely does, yeah. And I think for <laughs> me, obviously, the, the, the calibre of players that we've put together this year, obviously the resumes we've spoken about are uh, superb. But for me, Brocklehurst,
2: especially on the D side, is for me... The, the signing of the summer. And um, another one that's come from that Austrian league. Yeah, where he's had success, been a champion there and and piled up the points as well. You look at his assist numbers and that's really strong. When uh, defensive signings are always announced, because the goal scoring stats never look so flashy, the coaches always think, well, how can I sell this signing? And they always talk about a good first pass. Here's a guy with a great first pass.
0: Hmm. Are we happy with that, do Are
2: we? Uh, firstly...
0: Is it an upgrade on last year? And secondly, are we happy with it?
3: Yeah, I definitely think it's an upgrade and I'm more than happy with it. And obviously we've still not spoken about the prospect of Jordan Griffin as well, who whether he'll get more time this year is not known yet, but now the partnership with the Steel Dogs will hopefully help Jordan in his development because there's there's talent there again, which just shows how good a job the Steelers have been doing with their apprenticeship schemes.
0: I love the apprenticeship scheme. But the same question to you. Have we have we have we improved the back end? And are you happy with it?
2: We don't know, but we think we have. Yeah. Um the balance is is right. Three left shots, three right oh. shots. Uh, the Steelers had that at the start of last season, but Gouler as a right-handed shot left, O'Connor as a left-handed shot came in, mm-hmm. and it was unbalanced. 4-2. Previous season it was five and one. Mm-hmm. Phillips was the David Phillips the only right-handed shot. And it just made the combinations and your options when you're behind your goal and you're trying to exit your zone a little bit more difficult. And really there's only one side of the ice available to play out of. With that balance, three and three, that should make things a little easier from a coaching and a tactical point of view.
0: And that Alex is why Jonathan's on the webcast because for the, the podcast because only he can come up with, Well it's three and three, but it could have been four and two, but two years ago it was five and one. Um my what new about
3: you?
0: mate, I think he's why I think he's yeah, I think it is. Because I I, I was not a great fan of, of, of the couple. I actually wouldn't have got rid of Gula. I actually thought Gula was, a, was one of our better defencemen. And when Benny came in, I'd have actually made a different change to Gula. I'd have probably made the Martinelli move at that, at that point and, and kept Gula. I thought Gula was okay. I saw no problem with him. Um, I quite like McFadden, but McFadden just it didn't happen. I mean, as a bloke, first-class bloke, and he showed signs... Signs that something was going to come, but it just didn't really happen on a consistency enough level. So yeah, I think I think it's improved. And again, we don't know, do we? But we 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 seem happy. Forwards, we we'll start at the end. My new best mate. He doesn't know it yet, but Martin Saint Pierre. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bug him. He's going to hate me very quickly. But what a signing! Okay, he left it to the end. That is, that is some resume that, um, that has got not people just here, but people in Europe talking about why's he come here? I think he was very much a wow signing that one.
3: Obviously, we, we saw the numbers from social media when it went live, but it, like you said, it, it went global. Everybody was picking up on it. Even in the States, they were picking up that this calibre of player was signing in the AIHL. He was giving that press that the league needs. Who
0: was the guy that, that Glasgow signed three days before? Um, Chad, Chad, Chad Rove. Did you see the tweet where somebody said, you know, Glasgow clan signed Chad Rove, the best player in the league history. And then somebody had put Sheffield Steelers, hold my beer, mm-hmm. Martin St-Pierre. I love
2: that. I love that. Your, your thoughts on St-Pierre? Always great when you're as a look down elite prospects and say, oh, this player's played in the AHL. <laughs> Saint Pierre's not only played there, he's been an all-star five times. So we're not just taking someone that's had a cup of coffee there, we're taking one of the better players to have played at that level. And then from there it's just well okay, KHL it's... and continual uh you know game time there. This sort of player shouldn't mm. be signing in the elite league. So the fact that Aaron's been able to to get him across is is a real coup. There's no doubt about it.
0: Okay, we probably haven't got time, and we'll develop on each individual player as we we go go through this. But if I asked you one signing that made you sit up and take notice, one player who got your attention when when he was announced of the, of that forward pack, who would it have been? Other than St Pierre, cause he's I, th- the
3: I think there's a good shout for Lemty, mm-hmm. purely because we don't have many Russians um, that come to this league, but his resume as well tons of KHL experience and he's got that tenacity in him that but then for me as I've been telling people all morning Brendan Connolly Mm. because he is that say rink rat that say Levi Nelson was and we didn't necessarily have last year he will get in people's faces but then more importantly 20 plus goals that's that is what you can probably expect from a player like Connolly and he did have that bad injury at the back end of the last season which we hope has fully cleared up and, and gone away now and if it has, then I think fans can be in for a lot of entertainment with Brendan.
0: Who tickled you, Jonathan?
2: Alex Graham. Yeah. You want a goal scorer with some attitude, go get Alex Graham. He probably won't feature much this season, he'll be down a lot with the Steel Dogs but as soon as he turned 16 he was straight in the Dogs lineup last year. A game, and he's going to set that league alight next year. And it's going to be a question of as we get towards the end of this season into next season, where's he going to fit into the Steelers lineup? Because I remember commentating on him a few years ago in his, his junior hockey, and yeah, he stands out, he's the best player on the ice, and his development has continued. And there's so many reasons to be excited about him. He'll, he'll put himself around. He's got the whole Pirates fans absolutely furious with him um, from some of his antics last season. And I just think we've got a real talent that, if he can be well-coached and well-developed, is, you know, we talk, we're talking Dowd levels of goal scoring, Kirk levels of potential. Um, and that's some reason to be excited for the Steelers long-term. Is it all
0: his ability at the moment, Has he got that? because I've had the, the the criticism on the other side is he's just too good for that age group. Has he got the work ethic, has he got has he got it that when he's knocked down he's going to get back up again, and I don't just mean physically. I mean here he's now going to be playing with men. he's never played with men before, he's played with boys. We all hope he's going to develop. but is he going to be uh, is he going to have that? Do you think that inner that inner screw you, I guess?
2: Well, that's what the you know the two year apprenticeship will hopefully develop in him. He's certainly got the skill. When he first um, arrived with us, Liam Kirk didn't have the best defensive awareness. I remember one game he played in his first season, first shift out on the ice, he's out there with Jonathan Phillips and Cardiff has the puck in the zone and Jonathan Phillips is shouting at Liam and pointing, you need to go and cover him, Richardson, him. Yeah, yeah, him, the one who's just scored. And Liam did nice for the rest of that game because you don't know where you're supposed to be on the ice within a year and a bit he's getting drafted and it's the same sort of progression that Graham has got to show it's up to the coaching staff and both here and with the Steel Dogs to work with him and develop those because yeah if he's got the puck on his stick in front of the goal he's going to stick it away yeah. The 12th spot
0: Shuja versus Brown it looks like a, a fair even fight for that one um, Thoughts?
3: I thought the best thing for
0: Cole was the year
3: away last year I think not only in his on ice performance but what happened in milton Keynes last year off the ice will have taught cole an awful lot um not necessarily what to expect but how to deal with it and how to cope um as a person more than anything um but i think he's, he's shown this off summer with danny in the gym he's worked his backside off and he looks in great shape he's got a great attitude and is a lovely bloke as well so you sort of hope it all transpires and and works out for him on the ice because there's a role for him. He's just got to take it now and and run away with it.
0: If Shudra's the guy for spot 12, what do we do with Kieran Brown?
2: Kieran Brown has to work exceptionally hard and make spot 12 his own. And he's he's shown and he's spoken in the media about how he wants that spot to be his own. He does play a physical game. He likes to throw the hits. He likes to put his body uh, out there. And he's got some goal-scoring talent as well. Um, we know that Cole does. You know, We've seen him score a hat-trick and he picked up a couple of good ones for, for MK last time out. I think the competition is going to drive them both on. If there's an injury and, and Mieland has to drop back into defence, then yeah, there'll be a spot for both of them. But a fully fit Steelers roster, only one of them can play. Mm. And I think it'll be great competition, which will drive them both to say, actually, I'm the most reliable goal-scorer. I'm the most reliable defensive player. I'm the best teammate." I deserve this place. I think it'll push them both on. I think if only one of them was still here and they got the spot, would you see them relax a little? Well, you'd like to think not, but without that competition, it's, it's certainly easier to slip back into bad habits. Jonathan Phillips
0: doesn't hand out compliments easily, um, especially about summer training, but he's... He was waxing lyrics to me about Cole Shudra hasn't missed a single day in the gym, has worked harder, has pushed himself further, has done more than what Danny has said. And it, whether it's be true or not, I don't know. But Shudra went away a boy and came back a man. It, it, it seems to me that that seems to be the, you know, and I spent some time with him the other a couple of weeks ago down at Sutton at the awards. And I just felt I was in the presence of a completely different bloke than the one 12 months earlier.
2: And that's the development that we need to see from Alex Graham. That's the sort of role model that we should be looking do at. you need play to
0: move away from home for
2: that? I, I, think it, I think it can benefit. Obviously, Cole's
3: now had that full year away. And it, I think for somebody like Cole as well, it's always going to be difficult given the name. Mm. Um, and going away from Sheffield last year meant he wasn't under the same level of pressure as what he would have been in a failing Steelers team last year. Um, but yeah, definitely for me, the year away has, has taught him a lot.
0: I think everybody roots for him here, don't they? Because of the name, they give him that because of the name. He has to make it himself. But I think because we all love his dad so much, I think we all kind of, oh God, I hope it works for him.
2: Yeah, obviously I, I commentate alongside Ron uh, all the time. So there's always that extra little bit of excitement and buzz whenever he's out on the ice. We noticed it with, with Kieran and, and with Liam as well. And the couple of times that Jordan got out there, the fans really respond, I think we want them to all be a success so much. And, you know, for for Cole, it it would be, you know, the next step to secure his place in the Steelers' team. Because if this season, or if an experience in Milton Keynes hadn't gone well for him, you wonder what the next step would have been. You know, would the Steelers have had much interest in a player? He'd have been a steel dog for life, wouldn't he then? Yeah, he couldn't, if you can't break into the MK side and make yourself a presence there, how are you going to get back into a a Steelers side that wants to be at the other end of the league. Mm -hmm. So the way that he stuck up for teammates, you know, he got involved with uh, Connolly. That'll be a nice one for them to get back together. Um, He's shown that, yeah, I can do all sorts. I'll play forward, I'll play D, I'll stick up, I'll score goals. I'll be a professional and do what the team needs me to do. Mm -hmm. And coaches can work with players like that. Um,
0: Before we wrap... We, none of us know how long a good broadcast is, but we, we seem to be flowing at the moment. Um, the other forwards, Davies, I think, was somebody who brought, you You know, playing in Lintz last year, in fact, he was under contract. He was a bit of an Evan McGrath in, in in terms of contracts. He, he held out there, held out there with Lintz um, until the summer could uh, finalise his deal there. But great experience in that, uh, that position. Do you expect him... To be that second line
2: centre, is that where you expect him to, to fit? It seems that way, although... You've got to assume that St-Pierre's yeah, going to be the first one, haven't you? Yeah, although whether that's how we'll see them line up, as Aaron mentioned at the start of this podcast, um, if things are going to get mixed around a little more, that might not be where we've seen this weekend. But long term, it does seem that that's going to be where he fits. Whether that will end up being the most productive line or not towards the end of last season, our third line was the most productive with McGrath, De and Phillips. So it might be that that's where he fits. It may not be that he has other second or third line talent around him. He's such a player of quality that he might be required to bring the talent around him up to his level rather than putting him with the established stars um, and can feed them. He might be required to say, look, you know, I'll I'll drag this line up Mm -hmm. in a way that perhaps De Luca did last year. Um, He's been a fairly reliable producer of goals wherever he's been. Never massive, but always consistent and that sort of reliable output the Steelers didn't have from their centres last year He's got
0: some questions to answer hasn't he Aaron in in sense of where he puts different people with he's got options which I guess in one sense he's great but in another sense he ain't gonna, you, you've got to keep all these guys happy we haven't even spoke about special teams. A lot of these guys ain't going to see power play time, and they've seen it all year. But he seems to be the guy who's in control of his own thoughts. He knows where he's going, Aaron. And I don't think he's going to have issues in that area. No, I don't think he'll
3: have issues at all. I just you sort of hope that the chemistry clicks a lot sooner this year than what it did last year. Um, obviously, at the back end of last season, it was the McGrath, John Owen and Deluca line that seemed as though they were playing as though they played with each other for years Um, and it was the line that we'd put out when we need a goal it was the line that Barrasso wouldn't necessarily trusted but it was the line that he thought if we were going to win a game and get a goal then it would be them three and you couldn't say at the start of last season obviously Toluca wasn't there but you couldn't say that we'd be relying on Jono and McGrath to get us out of a mess
2: Um,
0: you put your finger up there for, to speak. You're not scorned out, Jonathan. You're OK? You're I just <laughs> don't want
2: to interrupt. Okay. When it comes to the power play, last year, if the power play wasn't working, it didn't feel like there were many alternatives. Mm. And, right, well, who do we put on the power play line? We do now. And, again, it's that competition for places which we've touched upon. If you're not getting the job done, on quarterbacking the power play, or if you're not clearing the front of the net, then there is someone who can take your place now. So players can't just settle, yeah, I'm a first-line power player because there are plenty of other options that can say, actually, no, I'm going to take this place from you.
0: My litmus test of whether we were going to have a good summer recruiting or not was John Armstrong. I liked John. And I remember saying to Aaron, if John is your first or your second line centre, I don't know if we can win a championship because of what falls around him and what falls beneath him. But if John Armstrong's your third line centre you've got, A, the best third-line centre in the league, a guy who who can play up. But if you've got two genuinely as good or better players above him, you've signed well. And I think as you look down the list now, if you look at who we have, I, I don't think Aaron will put a first, a second, a third. I think he will try and match the lines as much as possible. But I, I think we have... Down the middle, which is a, such an important position, because that's you know control of the puck. Um, I I do like us at centre, and that's the first
2: year in a while that I've really liked us down the uh, down the middle. Cardiff's success in the last few years has been based on the fact they tend to have pretty balanced lines. There are you know quality names on all three of the top, you know, all four really, but certainly on the top three units. Belfast tended to go a bit more top loaded. And I think the Steelers have tried to follow more of the Cardiff model, saying, right, we're going to have three definite lines that can hurt you. This isn't a line 1, 2 and 3. It's a 1A, a 1B one a, a one and a 1C. So that it's going to be difficult to line match because, well, who are the threats that you're going to take out? The other lines have them too. You can't stop everything just by putting your best defensive pair or your checking line out.
0: Let's have a quick, to finish off, let's have a quick look around elsewhere. Belfast and Cardiff have improved, haven't they? I know we've improved. I think we've improved the most um, to challenge Cardiff and, uh, and and Belfast. Do you see it being a three horse
3: race? I I think it'd be hard to say no. Um, you look at what Nottingham are doing with their recruitment this summer. It's the first time that they've got another outside influence to come in and do the hockey ops side of it in Gidu set. Um, but then it's taking nothing away from the likes of Guildford as well. I mean, Guildford have been a team now that they've found the feet in the Elite League. They have exceptional talent in their squad as well. And they got within a, what was it, the overtime? Mm-hmm. An overtime goal away from winning their first trophy in the Elite League. And I think if there's, you're going to say a dark horse as such, I think Guildford again, you have to watch. They've kept hold of Dunbar. They've kept hold of Jesse Craig. They've kept hold of Kale Ackerad. And as Jonathan mentioned earlier as well, with their goalie situation, I thought towards the back end of last season in particular, Fullerton was one of the standout goalies in the league.
0: You speak to Ron Finnerty. Ron Finnerty I'll tell you, he's, he, he wishes he'd have brought him down to Manchester from you know, when he had him first of all in
2: Braid. Do you see it three ways or is there, are we missing somebody? We don't know because the Steelers have brought in 10 new imports and we think they're going to be, mm-hmm. be right up there you have to have exactly the same conversation about Belfast. They've brought in 12 new imports. They Of their top seven point scorers last year, they've all gone, and one of them to the team that was right behind them. So in terms of saying, oh, Belfast will be the same Belfast, they won't be the same Belfast team. They're not the same Belfast team. They'll probably be really good, but...
0: Goal-changing as well.
2: Yeah, we think Owen is good, and we thought Beskarawani was good, but there's so many question marks over Belfast, as there are question marks over Sheffield, that I still think Cardiff are favourites because, with a couple of exceptions, most of Cardiff's team is back. Todd Kelman did it a lot in Belfast; he's doing it again in Cardiff. Once you've got a team that's competitive, you keep as many of those players as you can around for a long time. And why would you want to change that Cardiff side? Okay, you know they're one uh, one game away from three consecutive championships. So that team doesn't need major, tu- major changes. The Steelers team did. Belfast, for whatever reason, have made 12 big changes. Belfast made them because of
0: their NBA programme. People go there for that one-year NBA and then tend to clear off, and then the next batch of one-year NBA guys come in. If I offered you this, I guarantee you sat here right now, we finish one point above Cardiff. Does that make us champions?
2: Uh, if any team that finishes above Cardiff has had a terrific season. I think, I personally think yes. Um, would just, you take that? I would take that, yeah. Would you take that? I'd take it. I'd, I'd
3: take level points and win it by <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. more games won or, or however it
0: was. One, yeah. one signing I did think was important, and I, and I think Cardiff, Belfast, and Sheffield have done, to coin a phrase to that tweet we referred to earlier, Hold My Beer, to Guildford. Their level of importance, I think now the big boys have gone, yeah, enough of your fun. We're, we're going another another thing. Two, but two big signings. I thought Blair Riley to Cardiff was a massive signing. We tried to get him here last year. But I also thought um, Lee, from Nottingham to Guildford, not that I think Lee's an outstanding player. I think he's a decent player. I wouldn't swap him for Davy Phillips. I wouldn't swap him for Ben O'Connor. You know, I, don't, I don't rate him that highly, but I rate him enough. He gives Guildford something that they didn't have, which was a tad of depth. And If you look at the, the Challenge Cup final, they lose out to a team with a bit more depth. If you look at them in the playoff semi-final, they lost out to a team with a bit more depth. And I think
2: that Stevie Lee signing will be a will be a good one for uh, for Guildford. Guildford were a top loaded team. You know they had a high quality first line, a reliable second line, and two defensive pairs. Now you've got three defensive pairs by adding Stevie Lee in they've kept most of their squad together. So as good as Guildford were last season, they will be a little bit better this season. So we know that being a little bit better than you were last season is good enough to win a cup, good enough to make the playoffs, uh, the Final Four, and you know, good enough to think of yourself as a top-half team. No one's going to go down to the spectrum and think, right, well, two points for us today. No one's going to want to take penalties against Guildford again. The Steelers had some... Yeah, they were on the wrong end of a few results against Guildford last year. And they have recognised that what we've got here works and it just needed a little bit of tinkering. I think the biggest thing, though, was that they kept hold of Ben Davis mm. because there was a lot of interest. He has got that big goal for GB. Oh, if, if Lee's coming in, Do can you know they afford fact, to keep the others? There wasn't.
0: There, There's a strange one for you. There wasn't a huge amount of interest in Ben Davies. That's what I'm hearing from other clubs. I know we had a little. Conversation, but we had a conversation in case something didn't happen with one of ours. I'm told by Nottingham they didn't have a conversation, and I'm, and he signed late in Guildford. It, it's it's a strange one, but actually there wasn't more interest in him because I really like him. I I mean, I might have even pushed the conversation a little bit further because I don't think you can have too many good wits. And uh, but but well, but from what I'm hearing, and my sources are pretty good sources, they're saying actually. There wasn't a huge amount of interest there, which, which does surprise me. Signing another summer for you, Alex? Steelers-wise? No, or... no let's take another one. Let's, let's take another club as made. Riley for me. Riley, certainly for me, because I, I, I think he's an exceptional player. I think there was a few that stood out for me. The
3: Liam Reddicks in oh. Belfast, it's an exceptional signing for them. Um, the
0: Finnish centre, I wouldn't know where to start we with his name him in, in him Cardiff. Well.
2: Yeah. I... We,
0: we were close. It was all. They were all in that university group, and it was Belfast who ended up getting him. I was glad we never got him.
2: Oh, <laughs> from an can't, from can't an
0: answering like point of view, you don't want him. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Nikolai. Like, Lenny. Uh, Lenny, we'll call him Lenny. We'll call him Lenny. Any other points you want to finish off this first one with? Anything? Yeah. We yeah. My other
2: top signing was Belfast picking up Kieran Long, mm. very reliable Brit goal scorer. Can he do it for a top club where he's not going to play on the top six? Yeah. Because when he gets his chances, he takes them. He'll get fewer chances playing on the third line, but he'll take them, and that's a little bit of extra scoring depth for Belfast. And losing Colin Shields to retirement, they needed more Brit scoring. They've gone and got, well, I think behind Robert Dowd, the best Brit goal scorer that was available.
0: He got a healthy little pay increase as well, which I like. I like I like the Brits making some of the cash here. I like that. And uh, I, think Long, I think Manchester realised they couldn't pay the money for, for Long, and he's gone off to Belfast. I hope he's got a good... Good Payday there, and uh, he's done well.
3: I'll just, just before we finish, one thing that you, obviously I picked mm. up a lot on social media now the roster has finished is fans are still talking about there's no enforcer on this Steelers team. Is that something for you two that you felt with how last
2: season went we were missing that so called tough guy? I'd like to put that question to Jonathan Phillips and uh, the rest of the Steelers players mm. and say to them. You lost last year because there wasn't someone that could have a fight. And they'd say, well, no, it's because we didn't have enough skill, we didn't have enough talent. If you are good enough, you can win games. Mm. We've got players who will stick up for each other. We've seen it on the videos. If, if we need to have a fight, yeah, we'll have a fight. But you don't win games by having fights. And I don't think you win games by having a physical threat. Did we win the league every season that we've had an enforcer? No, does every team that has an enforcer always win the league? No, they don't.
0: I can. It's I a can nice I can
2: remember we signed Cornish, won nothing with him.
0: Uh, Scroy, disaster signing, won nothing with him. Cloutier, all three of them left before halfway through the year. You know, if you can get somebody like a Colt King who can play and be tough, that's that's different. But I, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure that uh, that, that toughness. You and I have had this conversation a lot of times. The world is a changing place. I don't particularly like the new world. I much prefer the old world. Um, But the new world is that it's going out of the NHL. It's going out of all these leagues. Yes, some team toughness. I think that is is important. But a knuckle-dragger? I wouldn't swap one of those players no. that, that we've met this morning for a knuckle dragger, um, because I I think unfortunate and you know unfortunately I'll say the game has changed and it, it might not be to everybody's liking, but get used to it, Billy, because it, it's happening. It's 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 here. It's the new it's the new lovey dovey
2: wrap everybody in cotton wool world. It's the difference between being an enforcer, being a tough guy, and being brave. Mm. Are you prepared to take a hit to make the play? You know, as a defenceman in the corner, I'm going to get crushed into the boards here, but I'm prepared to be here because I need to to play this pass out and get the puck cleared. And you I'm play, prepared. And you don't
0: play in the leagues at St-Pierre, the Davies, the that all those guys have, have played in if they're not prepared to do
2: that. No. And so if, if a, a well-known tough guy is coming towards you and you're going to get hit, you've got to be brave enough to withstand it because if you can withstand it, then their big trump card is gone. If they can't intimidate you, then they've got nothing left. And I think the Steelers have got enough experience and enough big bodies to be able to withstand, you know, the roughest side that comes here or any rink we've got to go into. People always talk about our oh, Manchester tight rink, lots of collisions. You've got to be brave. You've got to be able to bounce back from them, show a bit of resiliency.
0: And I guess if you're 40% on the power play, it's, hey, we'll take that.
3: Yeah, and as we said earlier, with the the amount of depth we've got this year for the power play, it'll be somewhere where teams may have to double-think double, double think before something stupid happens because they know the kind of guys that are going to come out and hopefully punish them this year.
0: Final question. We have an injury-free season. Nobody misses a game. Everybody plays every single game. At top scorer at the end of the year. Valorand. Saint-Pierre. Robert Dowd. Um... Same time after Sunday Shall we leave it to that After the Sunday game So we have a whole um, weekend Also I'm doing the auction on Saturday So it would not be too busy But uh, after Sunday We'll have, a, have another chat After the Pop Red game
2: Absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, well, that's episode one done. Firstly, I hope it's recorded, because I thought it was pretty good. And uh, secondly, let us have your comments on the Steelers website, at Steelers Hockey. You know where to follow us at Twitter. That's still Steelers Hockey as well, isn't it? At Steelers Hockey. And at Instagram? Official Steelers. Official Steelers.
1: Um, Thank you and good night.